you and a jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. Cry, we lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Hats off to Mr. Steinberg for the excellent recommendation. Uh, get y'all up on it, just like uh, I brought to him, which was brought to me, mayor of Kingstown. Uh, I'm bringing to you, which was brought to me, or Mr. Steinberg, the offer available on Paramount Plus, Paramount Plus, or Amazon Prime, Prime. Um, which is a, it's a movie, it's a series about the making of the movie Godfather. And there's still one episode left. Neither, neither me or you have seen. Yes, and I'm, and you know, it, this was season one. I'm only imagining, assuming this is a safe assumption. Season two is going to be about the making of Godfather 2. I hope so. Where else do you go with it but that? I don't know if it's going to be as exciting, though, because this movie. Right. And I said, I'm going to ask you, is this the first right. question? So let me just ask you this first question. We're not going to get into it, into the details, right. but just this question, because I think it's important. Before you even ask the question, here's part of my answer. <sighs> go ahead and ask the question. If you're a first-time movie oh, producer. God. You get your big break. Does this movie get made? Yes, because if you are as passionate about it as you should be about anything you are attempting to do, rise or sink or swim, rise or fall, you see it through till death. But God damn it. And I'm, I might have wrote this note more than once. I was I got exhausted watching this. <laughs> I just got tired, man. My soul, my energy, because I, and you know, you're going to hear me repeat some things that you guys have heard me say on this podcast about Hollywood. But man, I really wish you guys could walk in Tinseltown shoes because if you did, you could relate to, to how, how fucking draining this business can be on your fucking soul and your mind and like listen life can be draining period but in this game it's a special kind of fucking they give you the sodomy is a special sodomy it, it just I, I just went the fact that this dude and you can't help but root for it what's his name Rudy I'm not Ruddy 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 Al right Al was uh, Al I heard him call him Al a couple times. It's, it's uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's Al, uh, Albert, Ru Albert S. Ruddy. It's the yeah, this, this motherfucker, man, I, I, you couldn't help but root for him towards the end. I found myself rooting for him because I was like, you know the movie gets done, obviously, but you just went, they just can't not fuck with you. They can't not try and not ruin it. That's because that's the first question I had, does it get made? And the reason is, as you watch every, like you just said, if it's your passion, you do it till you die. But this is, that's it. This is where this movie, this, uh, by no means should this movie have ever been made. Not to mention the, the, the huge p piano that's hanging over your head going, and it better succeed. Yeah. So on top of dealing with all the fuck shit he got to put up with, the problems that never seem to stop coming, oh yeah, and be successful. Be successful while y'all fuck with our vision. Fuck with Coppola's vision and dreams. And, and dude, I'm, here we go where I get repetitive. Somebody in this business, in show business, when they're wrong, should lose their job immediately. If, if they said, do this, and you said, no, I'm fighting you to do that, and you're right, that person that told you to do this got to go. Um, 
But that doesn't work. That's, it don't work that's, that, that way. That's insane. But the thing <clears throat> with this movie, uh, first of all, and let's uh, let's give me a little background on on why I, I watched this in the first place. I love the Godfather movie. I love yeah, Godfather. That's, yeah, you put that in your top yeah, yeah movies of all time. And so when I saw the offer. And I said, oh, this is going to be like a little docudrama. We're right. going to get to see it. And I thought, oh, this would be cool. I thought it would be just cool. Right. As soon as I started watching it, I was, I was fucking hooked. Right. And, you know, there's reasons I'm hooked. You know, there is. Obviously, if you're in this business at all, there's a little Hollywood love that you have for it. Right. And so seeing the Chateau Mormont when it was in its mm-hmm. first inception and not, not the redo, which is the words is, is right now. But when it was like the spot. Because it was the spot. Uh, and this ruddy guy who, you know, had a regular job, but then uh, came up with Hogan's Heroes. Right. And then from that moment, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting that you go from Hogan's Heroes. And then I knew I, I knew a little bit. And then how it just from that moment on, after those couple of scenes, this is a ride. But even in the Hogan's Heroes meeting, the suits, as we call them. Yeah. They just, like, for somebody to have a job where they green light creativity, where they open the doors to you putting food on your table, paying your rent and your mortgage and taking care of your kids and survival, and they don't have the first creative bone or instinct in their body. That is the most infuriating thing in the world. Because he was ready to say, you know, fuck out of it, fuck out of here to him and the dude when they had the pitch. But once the head guy was like, get the fuck out of here, Nazis, get the fuck out. But then once everybody in the room laughed, you saw him go, oh, wait a minute. Go ahead. And eventually he went, don't sell this nowhere else. We're buying it. And that's that's that ruddy dude's touch. He had and that's where it is. Some people. It was a great problem solver. Some people just have this. Man. And he's one of those dudes. I was blown away. I don't want to get too far off that scene because I want to go back. To, but let me just say this. Again, the fact that you're the head guy running a network and you need to hear other people laugh for you to go, oh, OK. If you're the head guy, you would think you had an instinct to go, I'm buying that without being influenced by other people. And 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 back to this guy, Al, dude, the scene where he goes. And, and by the way, uh, I, I, I was already a fan of uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Yes. Um, because, look, man, if you remember and I always talk about the ability to do both a la Jason Bateman, a la Vince Vaughn, serious and in comedy. Remember his role in Ted? The, the movie yeah. Talking Bear, and he did the, I think we're alone now, when he was gyrating yeah, in yeah. front of the TV with the juice box, can do comedy and can slay drama. I thought he was an awesome mob boss. I was pissed when he got shot. Um, but let me get to my point on that. The fact that Al was able to go into his headquarters and turn him. Yeah. When Al was saying, you're not going to make this movie. And he, he and, and, and you know, most people, and I'm one of them, the first instinct is to be defiant. I'm going to make this movie. And then look, obviously the dude was a gangster, so he can't gangster a gangster if he ain't of that world. But he went, how do I turn this and make him feel like he's still in power over this? Take out the word mafia, clean this up. Hey, and I love that line in the office when, when he finally goes, uh, Johnny Fontaine, was that Sinatra? Oh uh, yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Giving yeah, him, yeah. do you want him to be? Yeah, I like this guy. Giving him the illusion of being in control is what sold it. I, it was brilliant, dude. Um, just just so we, you know, some more just a quick background. Uh, Miles Teller is the uh, is the person who's playing Ruddy. Who's okay, I didn't know his real name. He's a. I think he's a really incidentally, good guys. Uh, me and Andy were in Philly, and we were leaving uh, the bar, and we're walking down the street, and I noticed him immediately. Walking towards us. I didn't even notice him. Yeah, and he was with his boy. And I I, I knew him before the offer. I, I didn't connect with me because I didn't really watch the offer. But he was in uh, the, the remake of the Fantastic Four with Michael B. Jordan. He played uh, Mr. Fantastic, the and stretchy he, guy. Yeah, and he's also the character. Which I really liked him in the the movie with the selling the arms. Um, they're selling uh, illegal. Uh, oh, oh, with... with, with uh, 
the dude who used to be fat but is now kind of <laughs> trim. Uh, the, the fat, funny motherfucker. From, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. I can't remember his name, but uh, people are yelling it right now. But anyway, yeah, he was in that movie. But I, he was he was walking towards me and Andy. And he cool dude because I said to him, hey, man, big fan of your work. And he turned around and was like, oh, thank you. But his man, who I, when I thought about it later, pissed me off because as we were walking, I was staring at dude going, yo, that's, that's, that's. And I heard his man go looking, looking, looking like I'm just some fucking fan on the street. And then when I finally said something to him, his man was like prepping him like, uh-oh, you're being recognized, looking, looking. And I wanted to turn around and go, hey, asshole, I'm famous too, motherfucker. <laughs> I bet you if we keep walking around this bitch, some people might ask, know, know me more than they know your man. But anyway, uh, very I, cool dude. I'm glad I didn't see him because honestly, had I, and I'd been watching the offer, right. I would have probably fanned out a little bit. Yeah, I like probably- I did with uh, my man from... Uh, uh, yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. Ray. Ray. Yeah, my man Ray. I would I probably would just I didn't go, dude, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. doing a great job in the offer. Yeah, man. yeah. I would, yeah. Say, I would have had to say it. Right. Because I, I I was I was impressed. And this is before we go, and this is why I, I want to just the casting in this. Oh dude. I have two I have two that I don't like, but the I, rest I like. I have one that I don't like. But oh, oh god, I'm getting up. All right. Yo. Not only does he do a good Marlon Brando. Oh, my God. He looks like him. He feels like him. He feels like him. And I'm going to save my best for last. Who I don't, who wasn't doing it for me was Frank Sinatra. No, I have that on mine. And I got to tell you the other one that isn't doing it for me before we go. Okay, go, we'll go with that one. James Caan. I liked him. I didn't think that he... Yeah, I thought he was, was a little too bulky. Yeah. yeah. But I, I liked the attitude. I liked the attitude, but I'm just saying out of all the guys that they got the look, the whole feel right... James Caan, I thought that that one was just a little off. Francis Ford Coppola was good. Oh, fucking perfect. Now, here we go. Oh! Al fucking Pacino! Unbelievable. Let me say something, dude. When they first showed him, and I heard him doing these soft, and I've never seen that. Everybody that does Al does Al now. Ooh, gruff. Yeah. The rhythm and what he speaks. I've never seen anybody capture young Al. Serpico, dog day afternoon Al. When he first spoke, I was a little like, I don't know. But then when they showed him, he had to lean in the head, he had to head lean and, and you know, when he told him it was very soft. And I said, this motherfucker, he murdered that. And what's what's exceptional, uh, and I know you haven't seen the, uh, the, 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 what is the thing when they do the interviews after? Each, right. The screen interviews or whatever. Right. He's he is that he looks like him, but he doesn't sound like that at all. That and, and that would make it even more impressive. Yeah, but his it's not just it's not just his sound. It's it's it's, it's, it's mannerism, dude. When he leans his head the way Al leans his head at certain times in The Godfather, there's that great moment where again after the, the cops of Klusky or whatever broke Mike's jaw. Yeah, and there's that great scene where. You know, Sonny is telling Michael, you know, you got to get up close and bada bing, you get his brains all over your Ivy League suit. And he goes, uh, no, it's not personal, Sonny. It's just business. He had it. He fucking had it, dude. Dude, and I, I got to tell you, when they're doing the scene, or when they're doing that scene, I, I know we're not in order, and I don't care because this is such right. a great, this, yeah, yeah. This, this is an experience. If you yeah, I, I had all my shit, episode one, episode two, episode, but but as you hit the points, you got to kind of ride the because wave. it's an experience. Yeah, it's yeah, not just, yeah, yeah. But this is what's even more amazing to me, and this is the thing that, you you know, I think, as for me being an outsider in this business, coming into it so late, <laughs> I forget this all the time. There was a time when Al Pacino was just fucking Al Pacino. No, not, well, not when you say fucking Al Pacino. But when you say fucking Al Pacino, again, what people do now is, like I said, you get so big and, you, and you're in the business for so long, you become the caricature of yourself. Right. So everybody, again, but when you say fucking Al Pacino, you're talking more about his greatness as an actor. No, right? no, no. I'm talking about how, uh, what's his face, Robert Evans, the, the, the head of Paramount right. at the time. Because I don't want what, fucking Al Pacino. Is, I was going, why does this man have such a hard on too, for him? Too, sh- too short, too soft, didn't see him as a gangster. But he made it seem personal, like he fucked his girl. It seemed like it, that there might have been some 
there could have been something that be before, but I, I read and there's nothing, but they did read what I've read is that uh, Bob Evans just was adamant that it wasn't Al Pacino. He just didn't see him as a part. But once Ruddy convinced, once Ruddy and uh, and uh, and Coppola convinced right. him, they went, he went with it, and then he backed it. But this is the this is the thing. There, he was an insecure guy playing this part. He was he was afraid to play this part. There's a moment when you become that, and 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 I forget that everybody is just a human. But here's 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 the testament. To great writing, because I always used to say, and one of my, my the most intriguing questions I always asked was, sometimes you know you get a great actor in a bad movie, but can you have a great movie with a bad actor? I don't ever really see a, a movie that's well written and superb, but the actor sucks. Oh, I just cans, just cans. But, but no, his movies are good though. But he doesn't suck. He just has. There, there's um, how do I Keanuisms? Well, Keanuisms, and he's not wrapped in a, you know, Al Pacino, like you said, he he became that character. Right. He's not. I mean, he has those little phrases, but he just kind of floats through this industry in a way that no one else does. Dude, the other day, yesterday on TV was I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've never seen it, but I know what kind of movie it is. Much Ado About Nothing. I've seen it with Kenneth Branagh. Denzel and fucking oh Michael Keaton's in that yeah and fucking Keanu Reeves and that's Shakespearean shit yeah to be as hit as other and you know Denzel <laughs> of course but Keanu was in that could it be to be this either I just you know what I mean people make fun of him in Dracula because it's yeah. the castle you know but you know back to Al dude. I love when they showed it in the, in the thing, the scene where he shoots the, the, the cop in the neck and the head and the, and the gangster. And they said that was the scene that turned the motherfuckers that were his biggest critics. Right. And I just go, when you're that phenomenal, when you go, you become it. That's great writing with the talent combined. But... The great writing, the talent, but that director, because he went, that back, too. he went back there and then you saw the little behind the scenes. Right. He, he knew that he had to be nervous. He knew that there was some problem. And you see it in the scene where they hide the gun oh, in the opposite dude, place. Let me take this is this. This is what's the magic of, of when it all comes together. All the pieces. Again, you can have great writing, but a bad actor. You could have a good actor, a great director, but bad writing. There could be, something could be off. In the in the uh, the triangle, but when you got it all, you got the actor who brings what they bring to it, the director with the vision, the writing. I never knew if, until they showed it that Francis Ford Coppola did that. I didn't know that either. Hid the gun and told him, "Don't tell." Put it up a little higher, right put it on the opposite to side. make him struggle. And I would have never thought, "Well, why would that be important?" But it is. But when you watch the movie, he's nervous and he he's struggling. And, Where's the gun? It adds another layer of holy shit. But as you said, he becomes when uh, in that scene when uh, he becomes the godfather. When he becomes shoots him, he yeah. takes a, and now you see him as the gangster. He's entered he, the right. world. But you now you also I believe that's the moment when you also he became Al Pacino. Well, you mean Al Pacino the actor? The Al Pacino the actor that we know today that we're like right. That's an Oscar winning Academy right. right. That's the dude right there. That's the mo. That's the moment. But I even loved how Francis Ford Coppola explained why Sicily was so important. He was like, "It's the death. It's the last humanity yeah. of <clears throat> who Michael Corleone is as a person." And when he saw his wife get killed in the car, between that and Sonny's death and his father's attempted murder, he, he's now in it. Yeah, he's the Don because. His dad was attacked, so that's you. Obviously, feel like you need to revenge. Anybody would want to avenge their father, right? Right. But so then he takes a life. So that's one part of becoming the next person. But when you're when you leave and then you you have a life with another person and they take that away from you, now right. you're taking away your heart. Right. So that's when you become that. It is fucking the way. And when you listen to uh, <coughs> uh, what's I want to get his name. It's. Uh, Dan Fogel. Uh, Fogel. Dan Fogel. 
Vogel. Am I saying yeah, what right? character was that? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, oh, the actor. Yeah, when he yeah, when he's when he's describe when he's describing the scenes and you you he has the movie in his head. That's what I I could never be a director because I couldn't have every character in my head the way that he does. You know, unless you are just that much of a movie nut, and some people are so heavily into movies and all the little details, they'll watch documentaries and shit like that. If you didn't know, and I, I, don't, I, I don't, I maybe saw Francis Ford Coppola do an interview once, but I don't know a whole lot about him from visually seeing him. I believe that's who he was. Dude played him so well, yeah. it made me go, even though I don't know a whole, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of footage on Francis Ford Coppola, that's him. Well, there's a very important scene to me, and this is when I this is when I called you and said, you have to see this movie, you have to see this thing. And uh, and the reason I think it's them is because they got the characters acting like people. And it's Fogler is how I, I, I was mispronouncing it. But there's a scene where, uh, let's see if I have his name down here, where uh, Mario Puzo, who's being played by... Uh, he was another one. Patrick Gallo. I went, I don't know, I ain't never seen no footage on Mario Puzo, but nigga, that's Mario Puzo. Okay. But there's a scene when they're... Uh, we're writing the screenplay, right. and they're in the kitchen. And Mario Puzo is—they're—they're they're, they're cutting the meat. meat, and they're doing—they're making the pasta, they're making the right. sauce. And he goes, "We have to put this in the movie." Right. This gets this, and then you see, like, then you just see the wheels are all spinning. The creativity, the right. way that this is putting it together, where they're trying to humanize these people that they wrote as gangsters, right. but now they made him human. I don't know. There's just some, there's these little details that are so. It was human for me when they showed Mario Puzo uh, with his stomach and chest out laying in the pool with a whole pasta casserole on his stomach. <laughs> eating. And he's not supposed to be eating. He's right. He's got healthy. diabetes and shit. Uh, dude, I'm just telling you, we can go detail for detail on this thing. I, I'm telling the people out there. If you if you have any love for this Godfather movie, or if you have any love for Especially Hollywood, if you if you like that genre of movie. This is it, man. You got to see this. And we're not ending this. I'm just telling you, I am so like, I know I'm going to be all over the place because I love this. So let's Dude, go, let let's go you to your the, notes because you but, have them in no, order. Here's, here's, here's another goosebump moment for me. Once they finally kind of got the cast together yeah. and they did the dinner where they all acted like they were really family. But that just happened. Dude, the, the, the dude playing Carlo told her to shut up at the table. And this is what sold me on dude is Jimmy Kahn, his reaction. Okay. Yeah. I went, that's fucking that Jimmy was Conn. Good. That was good. That, that was, was good. good, dude. But he was like, well, I forget what he said to him. He was like, he, and even, even in that moment, they showed Marlon Brando do what I wish he had done in the movie for real. Like he said, did you put your hands on my daughter? Because dude, when they showed Carlo abuse Connie in the movie, they never linked the Godfather knowing about his daughter being abused. Because he was, he had, uh, he was already, um, wasn't he incapacitated at that time? That's why the he might have been, but even when he got out, she could have said yeah, something. But, yeah. or, or Sonny could have yeah. said, one of the kids could have, but they never established that. And the fact that he made him kiss his ring as an apology, I thought that would have been great if that scene existed. Because what they did in The Godfather, which I didn't like, was when, um, I forget how the, the sequence was, but... Uh, I think Jimmy Kahn, uh, Sonny's character, started trying to talk about business at the table. And um, uh, the mother the mother says, says no, yeah, we don't discuss business at the table. So then in a second later, um, Carlos says something. And then his then fiance, uh, or then might have been wife by then, said something to Carlo. And he said, <clears throat> Connie, shut up. And then, and then Sonny goes, don't you ever tell her to shut up. And then the mother goes, Santino. Don't interfere. And that's that old school yeah. Italian. Listen, if that's his wife, that's his business. I don't think as a parent that could ever fly with me, especially as a dad. Now, maybe the mother, because it's female, old school. She knows her place with, with her husband. That's old school. But I'm just going, if I'm the dad, I'm, I'm acting like the brother. Yo, that's my daughter, nigga. You told her to shut up. What, motherfucker? And I would have loved it. That's why when that wasn't in the movie, because when they show that scene in the movie, he's not at the dinner table, the father. Brando. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that actual scene. Well, I I, um, I do think that uh, when you're the Don, 
Right. If you, you you don't ever say something like that, you would... Uh, well, shit, I would think that if you know you're sitting with the brothers of the Don, yes. three of them niggas, but I you think, don't say no shit like that. I think you just know that you're going to disappear if that doesn't work out. I don't mean brothers of the Don, I meant the sons of the Don. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, the... Uh, but speaking of that scene, that sequence, uh, what we don't know, and I didn't know this, and actually now it makes more sense to me. In The Godfather, the scene where Sonny is beating the shit out of the the, the dude. Carlo. Because he, he actually hit, hit Tyus right, Howard. Right, right. Did that happen, supposedly? Yes. Really? And here's the thing. That's why you see that punch miss in The Godfather. Because I think that you see it because they don't want to show exactly what the fuck went down. Because they let the scene Well, go I was going to say, what did you think of? Because I noticed between the scene where... Michael shoots the cop and the and the and the mob dude uh, in the restaurant, and then when Carlo's beating up, uh, I mean when uh, Sonny's beating up Carlo, they never show the scene. They show the directors right. and the and, the, and the, all the people behind the scenes watching the scene. But the scene goes on a long time. See, I'm thinking that might have been for dramatic purposes. I don't think though. so, because I, I looked up. I, I, they didn't really put that much. I'll tell you the scene. The only thing that I could find that they that they admitted was dramatic right. was when um, uh, Joe Colombo gets shot by the black guy. Joe Colombo gets shot by the black guy. Yeah, remember? Oh, right, right. When he's on the on the platform. Right. Okay, there is no evidence that linked uh, the black guy shooting him to uh, Crazy Joe uh, Gallo. Now, now they did shoot up uh, the house in Harlem, which I went was crazy to me. It was like, did they even hit anybody? Because after they show all the bullets right yeah. on the fucking stoop, 18 niggas come out, including uh, Joe. Yeah. Not Joe, but who's the bad guy that was no, with no, that uh, black crew? Uh, crazy, uh, crazy, uh, what's his name? What is it? I have it here. Uh, yeah, crazy. No, no, that's Joe Colombo is the other one. The other one, the crazy one is crazy Joe Gallo. Joe Gallo. Yeah. Him and all the black crew come out. Right. So I'm like, did they even hit anybody? I don't know if they hit that. That. I didn't dig that deep into it. I just know that they didn't link him to that. But mm. they, they're assuming because he did hit the house right. and the connection that Joe Gallo has with that black mob, right. that, that that was that was sent out by Joe. I never wanted to see somebody get snuffed out more than that cocksucker. <laughs> and what's crazy is, dude, I swear to God, hand to God, when I was watching the episode, uh, and it was the one before the ninth one, it was episode eight, when he basically muscled them and said, I want the money by midnight. I said, God, I want to see this motherfucker get killed. Two seconds later, he got killed. I was like, yes. By Caesar. Yes. And the other thing that I like that they did in this movie is they admit Caesar is a bad guy. Like, yeah. He's a gangster. Right. But they didn't show him as a bad guy. You, yeah. you, you feel like right. what a mobster really was back then. He was, this was his job. He had he had love. He had you know. He wanted a family. He wants all the same things right. everybody else does. Right. But this is his job. Right. And and, and Caesar's the dude that actually shot the gangster, right? Yeah. And but Caesar's also the one that when her the, the purse yeah. is taken that he beats the shit and she's right. she's frightened by that because right. Uh, like he could have hit him once or twice, but when he saw right, what, she saw who he really was. He saw the lesson that he was going to be given somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, that changes everything. Uh, dude, dude uh, and her, what's her name? Uh, what is her name? You know what she was in? Uh, Black Mass. Do you remember her in Black Mass? Yeah, a little bit. I, she was the one that uh, she came out the police station and Johnny Depp was asking her. She sat in the back of the car. Where'd you yes. come from? Yeah. And she was like, in there? What'd you say to the cops? And she was fucking his man. And when they took her to the house, they choked her out and killed her. Yeah. Yeah, that was her. She's also in Ted Lasso, which is more of a comedy. So, oh, really? Uh, what is her fucking name? Now now I want to know who she is. Uh, uh, Juno Tempo is her name. It's, it's Betty uh, McCrate or something like that. She's playing. And she is, honestly, I don't know why, but she's kind of weird looking. I got a little crush on her from doing this. I was like, she is so cool in this. I got a crush on her from when she was choked out. <laughs> no, but she was so cool in this. Right. The way she does everything. Oh, and, and because we're speaking about her, and this is why I'm all over the place. The horse head. In the Godfather. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. It was a real horse head. Apparently, I couldn't find anything to say yes or no because I don't think that they're allowed to say whether it was a real horse head. But right. they obviously said the prop horse head didn't look right. 
And then you see him get in the they get the horse head from uh, a meat packing plant. Right. It's not supposed to be because they're not supposed to be using horse in there. So even if 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 it was a horse that really had to be put down or it was dead, they can't just take the head I off and use it. I think that the uh, Motion Picture Association and then all or the, the animal ASPCA would let that shit happen. Well, even if it's, the horse is dead already. Yeah, you're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to just run around with the head. But, you know, you know, there's also other background. If the, if the meat packing plant has a horse in it, that means your ground chuck may not be 100% chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. The, and, and, you know, I, I hope one day I get to this level. There's nothing better and more satisfying than being able to do what you want to do artistically and creatively. You know, when, when Coppola said, I'm not putting that on film at the fake horse head. Yeah. It looks too fake. And even though the, the lighting guy was like, if you light it a certain way with shadows and textures, it'll look. No. And, and this, I can't wait like to work on something where somebody goes, my vision must be met no matter what. Because that means you get to do everything that you instinctively feel is going to give you the win. Like that's like it used to be frustrating on Mad TV. We didn't have this kind of power that SNL had, so we couldn't. If we did a joke about McDonald's, we couldn't. We couldn't write out McDonald's. We had to write out like my shirt, McDonald's. Saturday Night Live could use the real shit. I don't know what I, you know how they did it, but you know I'm thinking they're on NBC, we're on Fox Network Television. What's the problem? Or maybe they, I think that's a money thing for licensing. But if they said CNN, they said CNN. We would have CNN in it. <laughs> so I just, and, and I know that little shit shouldn't matter, but I love it when you can just do what you want the way you want it. No one telling you no. Loved it, man. Okay, and now we got to go back to, because the, because this movie, um, this this series about this movie is really a gangster about a gangster series going on within the gangster movie. I love the the, the the intertwining of the making of the movie, but this real mafia shit going on at the same at the same time in the movie. Oh, even skimming money from getting jobs on the movie. Oh, uh, but the part that I really thought was fucking crazy. Uh, now there's there's a division going on, and it's in New York, especially in New York, but between Italians not wanting to be related to the gangster uh, right. culture and and gangsters right. who didn't want to be related to the gangster culture either. But there was a fight in between, and to watch uh, uh, Joe Colombo get him through all this, and then when Joe Colombo hears in a meeting that the guy who they had the oh. house they were going to use the right. house to film right. it. He overhears him saying that the, the guy won't let him use the house now. And the next thing you know, Ruddy gets a phone right. call and he meets the he has to meet Joe Colombo at this uh, at this house, basement, whatever. And uh, there's the owner in there and uh, tied to a chair, pissing himself because he was scared. He was about to get his ass whooped or killed. And then he's like, well, do you want the house for free? And he goes, no, you'll still get the paid. But yeah, you, you're going you're gonna to honor the, the contract. <laughs> Dude, I, listen, man. And I love how Caesar told him, hey, man, once you cross that line, you can't come back yeah, from that. Yeah. And it's a very intriguing thing. And it also brings up this, to, the, to the same point, The Sopranos, when Dr. Melfi got raped. And she wanted to tell Tony. She knew if she told Tony, she could have that son of a bitch dealt with since the justice system failed her. But she knew once she crossed that line, there was no coming back from that. And I'm just like, what an option to have at your disposal, but what a conundrum. Yeah. You're going, I know if I, if I push this button, I can get this done. But once I push this button, things change. So, and then it felt like there was a point when, when my man, again, what's his name, the lead? Ruddy. He even wanted to cross that line because when it came, became obvious the, 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 the other gangster who was now trying to muscle him, he was like, I need that money for Sicily. But if I give him this money, then I can't go to Sicily. Now I need Joe's help. But Joe is fucked up he was in shot. the hospital. So it was like, damn, 
You know, even when they, when they when they held the dude hostage about the house, remember he came back and told the girl, he was like, oh shit, I, I've never felt dirtier. Yeah. You know, and he, he 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 his whole thing was, I can't hit nobody over the head with a bat. Well, yeah, because he says that to Joe Colombo right. when they're having dinner. Mm-hmm. And then Joe goes, that's why I think I like you. Like, because he was honest. He he was honest the whole time with Joe. And that's what Joe wanted was honesty. Because to to these guys, especially to those guys back then, uh, it goes back to Scarface. I mean, all you have all you have in this world, all you have in this world is your, your word and your balls. balls. And so that's what that's what Joe Colombo was attracted to Ruddy about, that he was honoring it. He didn't even read the script. He goes, Well, if you don't have it in here. Oh, I love that moment too. Yeah. When he when he when the script was only like maybe half the pages, and he mixed it with some bullshit pages, and he took the gamble on, this gangster ain't gonna sit here and read it. Dude, have you ever tried to read a whole script? No. I I can only do it if I know I'm in the motherfucker. Because to sit there and read all that shit, and I'm going, am I in this motherfucker? Or, Or if I know I only got a limited part, you should read the whole script so you have a feel for the movie. Right. You might pick something up that adds to your performance a tone, a rhythm, but nigga, but that's I'm, a lot of reading. I'm so ADHD, and people, if you don't have never even looked at a script, it's not like reading a book. It's it's, it's not dialogue. You're reading dialogue and description. And so when he when he said when he first gave the script to Giovanni and he handed it to his man, and said you read it. Then he handed it to his other man and said, Nah, you read it. He said, Fucking give it to me. I'll read it. The motherfucker didn't even know what fade in meant. Yeah. And then he, he put his glasses on, he looked at his watch, and he said, you know what, fuck it, I trust you. <laughs> he didn't even want to read the motherfucker, man. Well, you know, and, and I think, okay, just, just to, uh, the things that Ruddy might not have considered at that moment. Right. The idea, I mean, it was, it was very unconventional that you bring the mod, mobsters right. to the to the Paramount. It was very smart and strategic on his part. If, if it was smart, but I mean, I, I think it's smart because it was the only way you could do it, but also... I mean, that had to make him feel kind of, well, we're going to the studio. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He gave him the illusion of power. Uh, in, in that field, yeah. Right. Because even at the, at the as we get towards the end, uh, to have the screening, and they said, we really want the screening. Uh, we can't give you the money like he was promised before. Right. He says, yeah, but we really want the screening. And that's all the guys really wanted was the screening. And so they steal. <laughs> I love this part because this is, they steal the movie. <laughs> So that they can go to New York, rent out a theater, and right. play it for these mobsters so that they get to see the movie before anybody else, and it was their premiere. I think this is somewhat beautifully poignant. Because everybody was against the, the mobsters against this movie. Because, oh, it's, and, and what, a, what a bunch of hypocrisy. Y'all don't want them to make the movie because it makes Italians look bad, but y'all are the motherfuckers that make Italians look bad. So... They were fighting and fighting and fighting. Oh, it brings unwanted attention. It gives us a bad name. But then I went, the movie was so beautiful that even the mobsters didn't see it like they thought they were going to see it. No, because they went, this is beautiful. Well, it humanized everybody and even everybody in their in, in their evil evilness. Like when you you're, you're avenging something that happens, you're not mad at anybody. Everything had a reason why it happened. In The Godfather. Maybe if we see Ronald Williams in a nice documentary, <laughs> we'll view him differently. Uh, what else? I, there's so, dude, I just, I, I love this so much. And I and I checked out as much as I could to find out the other person that I wanted to bring up, Lou Frigno. Oh, dude, I was looking at him. I'm going to look like Lou Frigno. That's, but I didn't know it was Lou Frigno until he spoke and I heard that death shit. Yeah, that's that's your Gemma. That's your Gemma's dad. Oh, fuck you, man. That's Gemma's dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Lou Frigno playing. Uh, I knew that was coming to Luca Brasi, though. I saw that. Dude, that is so amazing that who he was. And Luca Brasi, the, 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 play, the person who plays, I got his name. I actually wrote it down. Lenny uh, Montana, who was actually a wrestler. And then he was the enforcer for the crime family. Right. And he really was a wrestler before that. And then an enforcer. And then he gets that part. Again, I don't know if this really happened like that or they were taking creative license. But if it was real, again, the genius of Coppola as a director, when he was practicing his lines on the cue cards. Yeah, no, that was real. And he couldn't remember them and yeah. he was nervous. And Coppola said, that's it. I'm going to shoot it just like that. That is it. Because it made sense to him that, and he explained it. He's nervous. This is not something he does. So that, him struggling in real life was the, was the real art imitating life for the character. Yeah. I thought that that was genius. Yeah. But 
it's why it's why I always I you know as much as people as much as like in you in, in a creative person I, I I'm not the most creative person but I yeah. have creative things that I've done in my life that I've always thought well oh, I could do this or I could do that and then when you see people taking these little just these little drops and just picking them up and go wait this means something this means levels that, that that's that let me say something man that movie I did chase. Uh, with a young director named Michael Rossi, uh, available on Amazon Prime. Now, you know, I met with Michael. The, the dude gets moved, and, you know, tip my hat, because, again, you saw through this how difficult it is to make a movie. Now, making a successful movie at a big box office movie is its own challenge. But even if you don't do it at that level, just to get a movie made is tremendous. And Mike has put out Movie after movie after movie, that ain't done nothing. And part of that, I have to believe, is in terms of his talent level, he's cool, but he's not great. And I'm saying that because I remember when we were shooting one scene and uh, every movie has a script supervisor whose job it is when the actors mess up or forget a line or need a line and they go, line, the super script supervisor yells it out. Oh, right, and you do your line. There were a couple times on set where I, I would yell line and I didn't get anything. And I finally had to pull Mike aside, go, yo, Mike, man, you got to check the script supervisor, dude. You can't have your actors yell out line and nothing's coming back to them. He goes, oh, okay. Now I'm gonna, I got to tell this to the director. You think I got to tell that to Scorsese? No, but maybe he wanted to see what you would come up with. No, 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 no. You could, the directors know how to let you fly. There's a difference between going off the cuff versus line. I'm screaming line because I can't remember it. Yeah. So I need you to give it to me. Um, so, you know, again, this just, and you know, he wanted me to do another one of his movies. And I just said, man, I, I, I didn't tell him the real reason I wouldn't do it. I just said I was busy because I just went, I can't be associated with too many movies that aren't that great with directors that don't really know what they're doing. Because now people are going, nigga, you've been in this B movie, that B movie, and they were whack or whatever. And I'm just going, I remember I saw this great documentary on Spielberg or HBO. And at one time they said the four of them were damn they're living together. Scorsese, uh, Spielberg, fucking Coppola, and George Lucas. The four of them were like roommates. That that is that, the most powerful creative director minds together, feeding off each other. That is awesome. Man. But see that these moments in time, and, and and I truly believe this. Those moments in time. Oh, and Brian De Palma was a part of that yeah. group. When they're together like that, they're challenging each other too. Oh. They're, they're talking to each other. They're giving each other ideas, and they're bringing. When you have those moments, that's what brings these epic times together. I mean, I'm not. You know, listen. Is Bill Burr Bill Burr if he wasn't in that moment where he was around uh, Patrice? Do we get the same Bill right. Burr? There's moments where these these connections that in our lives, this energy right. comes together to build us better than what we actually are. I, yeah, dude, I, and I, I truly believe that. But like when you talk about those directors, they they they're all checking in with each other. They all have projects. They all That's have great. things going in, That's and great. they're building this thing. Bigger. And they said that in the Spielberg special. Of course, uh, uh, Spielberg would go, yeah, and every now and then I'll call, get Marty on the phone, ask this, George Lucas will call Brian De Palma, and I just went, God damn, that's powerful, man. Um, and I love how, and, and you know, this is, sometimes it feels like while all the forces that be are against you, in the same weird way the universe aligns, because it was like, they didn't want Pacino for Michael, they were telling uh, Coppola give that role to James Kahn. Yeah. No. no. It worked out the way it was supposed to. Kahn is Sonny, Michael, Al is Michael. But that's funny to you because James Kahn is actually retribution to them for getting uh, Al, Al Pacino. He's like, okay, well then you have to have then, then right, Kahn right. is now uh, Sonny. And, and that was, was perfect. And it worked out fine. But if you watch it, if you watch it and you strictly have, it, you eliminate the, the greatness of the movie that's before you and you right. just watch it and remove yourself from that, 
James Conn does stand out as not as one of the ones that Coppola cast or wanted in the movie because he doesn't look like the traditional. He looks like a nor- more of a northern Italian right, right. than the southern Italian. And he's not even Italian. He's not. So that's all right. fits into it. But he plays a lot of like uh, that that part since that, that tough movie, guy because shit. the movie was so good. But before now, I I, I got to bring this guy up because fuck, dude, this is you know. I got a man crush out of this movie, too. Uh-oh. Dude's dead, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, Robert Evans, the guy who is the head of the movie studio for uh, Paramount at the time. He's the guy that talks with the, that little sweet... He's dead? Thing. Yeah, he died in uh, 2019. Oh, shit. Robert Evans. Right. Dude, in talking about being at the right place, right time, and I'm not just talking about movie business. I'm being a man. Being a man at a certain period, a white man mm-hmm. in this country at a certain period, right. where you could squeeze every bit of juice out of whatever you were squeezing, right. he squoze it. I don't know you talk about a white man, but didn't talk like a nigga. He squoze it. He he got it, man. He was he was he's been married to say he was married to Catherine Oxenberg, I think is her name, for twelve days. Uh, mm. She was a big deal at that time in the eighties when was that. The girl who's playing his wife in the movie? No, 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 no. No, but that's uh, Kelly. That uh, She was the one from Love Story. I, I didn't even write her down because she, she has a small part in this. Dude, he he got to do everything. And then he he fell out of, you know, prom and came back as a producer. And did, But what an interesting fucking Dude, life. I, I and, and again, some maybe there were one or two moments that felt like formula, formulaic Hollywood moments, TV, like moments. But I loved seeing him come back into the meeting after he got off his ass and yeah. dude gave him a pep talk and he came in with the suit to kind of save the day and go, no, the poster should be the, the, the cover of the book. No. The, the flying V? That's no who? Right. The, 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 it should be 45 minutes longer. So what? And, and again, what I loved about that is, ah, you want to scream. I'm telling you, I was in my bed with the pillow over my face. <laughs> like, damn it. Throw out. I'm not trying to get all over the place, but I got to say this for a second to try to make this work. Great scene in A Time to Kill when Sam Jackson tells Matthew McConaughey how to get him off. Oh, yeah. He goes, throw out your points of law, Jake. Sometimes it's not about what you, the, the playbook. Sometimes you got to scramble, get out the pocket. And and these suits in Hollywood, formulaic, you do it this way, and it goes like this, and the, and the audience will only respond with this. No, here's the bottom line. And this is what pisses me off about Hollywood. They don't give enough respect to the art being as important as the business. And I still feel like, and, and I know people might go, oh, you biased because you're on the art side of thing and not the business. But I just don't understand how you have the business without the art. The art and the creativity and the talent must come first. If you don't have the food to cook, it don't matter about your restaurant. It don't matter about the building. You need the food. And I'm just going, throw out your points of law, you stiff tight motherfuckers. The, the art. People aren't sitting in the theater going, oh my God, this is too long. Only if it sucks. If it doesn't suck, no one cares. Again, Endgame, three hours. I never looked at my watch and went, man, this is long. Motherfucking the Zack Snyder version of fucking Justice League. I never once went too long. When a movie is good, Braveheart, too long. I've seen movies that are short and shitty. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about the time if you got my interest. And I just wish sometimes, and that's what's so frustrating, man. The people that run Hollywood are robots. They're suit and tie robots. And they, 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 they don't give enough respect to the art. If you build it, they will fucking come. Well, to, to what you're saying uh, about all this, um, there's some other stuff that I read. And uh, uh, it's Barry Lapidus is the, the guy who's 
always up Bob Evans' ass about mm. spending money. And that was the money. Austrian dude, right? No, 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 no that was the, the, that's the assistant to the Austrian dude. The, uh, the you're talking, you're thinking about Charles, the guy that, that before Evans came back yeah. in, he had his part. Charles Boudarn mm. is the guy, but Barry, yeah, uh, Barry Lapidus. That's uh, Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks. Song. I love when the, when they were showing the movie posters for the marketing, and Coppola sarcastically went, "Oh, the cat represents his sweet side." Yeah. Like y'all got the horse head, the gun. What what is all that for? Oh, it's oh, and the, and the tagline, "Take the cannoli," which was corny, and it was like, uh, "Oh, it shows he's dangerous because of the gun and the blood," uh, <laughs> and he got the cat showing his soul. What? Oh God! But I love when, when uh, I there's an interview after one of the episodes, and the uh, Colin Hanks is talking about the character Barry Peters. And what they said about that character is that that's every roadblock of the, that mentality that you run up against. Right. It wasn't that wasn't just his the character of the man playing it. Right. That was everybody that it's too much money. It's too long. It's too everybody that had right. it. They just put it all onto him. Right. And there's a there's a quote that I read. It's from uh, it's from Bob Evans. But he when it, that movie was turned in, it was a half an hour shorter when uh, Coppola turned it in. And Evans was pissed because he said it's terrible. It's it's a like a what did they call it when uh, not the dailies? No, but oh. when when you go to the movies and they just have the shorts that you watch the little uh, we, we the previews. Yeah, the previews. He said it's it's the it's a, a hor it's a long it's a long preview to a horrible movie. Make the movie long. Make the preview short. Right. And he said because he said that was basically the two <coughs> without that extra half an hour. It was a preview to what. Uh, he had filmed. Well, even when dude, when Francis Ford Coppola got frustrated and said, did you even like it? <laughs> and the guy goes, a little slow for my taste. You, you sh he should have lost his job right there. But again, that's not him. That's like a combination of everybody. So we don't know. I don't really know what was said that he felt uh, 100%. But uh, the Charles Blue, uh, Blue Dorn character, <laughs> that's the head of uh, Gulf Western Paramount. Right. Dude, he did such a good job playing that guy in though too. This uh, no, we're not talking about the Austrian dude. Yeah, that's the Austrian. Oh, okay, dude. right, right, right. I, I just uh, the casting and right. the way this movie went, dude. I I have not seen something that held my attention like this. Uh, that wasn't a man food movie, as you put right. it. This was just, I mean, this was just fucking good. And I want to also say that the guy who played uh, Crazy Joe DeVol, uh Crazy Joe Gallo, is Joseph Rosso. Because uh, he did such a good job playing that crazy ass motherfucker. Right. He had such a short time in that right, in this right, thing, right. and his character stands out. Like he did such a fucking awesome job. Um, he kind of reminded me of Sammy the Bull Gravano. Yeah, a little bit in yeah. the eyes. He did. Um, and Al Pacino's character is uh, played by a Anthony. Let uh, me Lapido. tell you something, Lapido. This is worth the watch, just to see this motherfucker play Al Pacino. And I mean, I'm almost putting them neck and neck. Him and the dude that played Brando. That scene, and I and I know this is a true story because I remember her yeah. and I read yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, When they go over to Brando's house and you see that come together like that with the, when he put the cotton balls in his mouth to make the bulldog jowls and he put the that polish in his head. I just went, oh, God, the genius. And he really did that. Man. Oh, like, right then. Not right. not like rehearsed, not like... He said, give me my polish. Right. But the guy himself that plays this character, too, when you see him not as him, these guys are fucking amazing. Dude, actors, that's man. why geniuses can get away with shit sometimes. Like when Hollywood puts up with guys who are known dicks, you have to be that good or, or, and, and make them that kind of money and they'll put up with your shit because you're just that brilliant. Um but Brando was not wanted on that movie because he had already caused so many problems. Oh, and because they said he had a string of flops. Yeah. So he wasn't like, you know, Brando-esque at that point. Um, and here's what's crazy. Like, again, when we talk about the greatest actors, who are the names? Pacino, De Niro, Denzel, Nicholson. Nicholson is Michael Corleone. Oh, yeah, that idea. Didn't they even say Steve McQueen at one point? Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it's... You say to yourself, an actor that good, why couldn't they pull it off? But I think maybe what it is, is once you see who did it, I can't see you coming behind Pacino. Maybe if Pacino never did it and Nicholson did it, I might go, oh, yeah, I could see it. But based on what fucking Pacino did, 
And I know Jack's a great actor. I can't see it, dude. That's like when people go, you know, at one point, they were talking about before Robert Downey Jr., Tom Cruise was supposed to be Iron Man, but he didn't want it because, oh yeah, that is true. He said he didn't want it because he didn't want his face covered up by the mask. So it went to Robert. And now anybody, everybody always goes, no other actor was born to play that part, but Robert Downey Jr. You can't see Tom Cruise as Tony Stark. I, I, I agree with that 100%, but I'm gonna say this to go along with it. Uh, I think, I do think Robert Downey Jr. embodies the character because it's the character that he developed to put on there. And you see him with, you know, that that doesn't, he doesn't look any different when he's playing Tony Stark than he does when he's being his cool ass motherfucking self. Because right. Robert Downey Jr., everything that he's went through in life and to get to where he is today, right. he's a cool ass motherfucker. Right. Okay. Right. Right. So let's just, the, Tom Cruise, though, when you start learning more about him, which I always, I, I never liked him, he does his own stunts. This guy is a fucking, there is something about Tom Cruise. He isn't just Tom Cruise because he's Tom Cruise. Right. Uh, I think if he would have played the character and he would have bought into it the way that Robert Downey right. Jr. did, I think we'd be going, oh, that's 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 Iron Man. Well, the, the, the fact that, I don't know, the fact that you, you care so much about your face being covered well, and that, that's the character, you're in a fucking suit. That to me, that kind of ego shit. That's that's the to problem. me. I don't know that that services the movie. That's why I said if you would have bought in, right? But you know, obviously, we have somebody that I think bought in and did a fucking awesome job. But uh, yeah, man, now I'm pissed off about this other thing. But uh, um, uh, real quick, uh, and I gotta say, after the disappointment of many saints of Newark, his son does nothing for me. Remember, his son. He was in this. Where was James, he? In? James. Yeah, where was he? In? Where is he in this? Remember, he met with uh, the Austrian dude and the other preppy dude about selling the company. Oh, that's him. That's him. I didn't even notice him. That was him. I, and I just went, dude, you let me down. And many saints in the yo, I'm not buying you, yo. I'm not buying. <laughs> and he had the one scene, but I went, nah. My body. I didn't even notice it because I, I listen. That was such a. Oh, he's the guy from Texas. Yeah. Oh, that is. He sat him. down and had lunch yeah. with them. Yeah, dude, that's a great scene though. That is a great scene. I know, not necessarily, not not the guy. He's playing the dick. Right, right. But uh, the blue Dorn dude, when he's like, he doesn't calls him up and he goes, uh, he calls him back and he said something like "fuck off" or something like that. Right. To do this Wild West of Hollywood back in the 60s and 70s, right. dude, I you almost wish you could be part of that. Like, uh, like go back and, and be reborn into that that time period. And maybe it's easier well, for me to say as a white guy. Because niggas, yeah, niggas yeah, weren't yeah. working that much yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were playing stereotypical roles. Dude, that Hollywood scene. Right. That was old school Hollywood. Dude, there, and there's pictures where I like, you see Bob Evans with all these famous people. And it... Dude, check these guys. And Bob Evans has two uh, books and a one do and a documentary, and they're fucking. I, I can't wait to read them. This is like right. my new. This is my new hero. This is my. Right. But this is my. I, I I think this is my new spirit animal. Like uh, Bob Evans <laughs> is the is the dude, man. I please if you guys get the time. I'm I'm not. Yeah, it's uh, it it, it is definitely definitely worth the watch. Uh, on the same level as Winning Time. Mayor of Kingstown, it, it it holds your interest where you you go. There's no bad episodes. And, and here's one more piece that will give you this because I think this is nice. Uh, if you watch it, we haven't talked about the last episode. The last episode hasn't come out yet. It'll be ten. Out this, this, yeah, this Thursday it'll be out. And I just want to tell you, you can enjoy it at the same time we do, so that you can see it for yourself. Uh, and we, we don't have anything to talk about it. I know the movie is completed, so I know that that's what it's going to be about, but. Guys. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine episode 10 has to be the movie having come out and then the major success of it, uh, which I want to see that, too, because because, you know, I, the people that deserve egg on their face. I want to see them get egg on their face. This is the cum shot. And then the people <laughs> right, get right, the, the right. fucking cum on their face yeah. that weren't supposed to that deserve it. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I, I'm glad you liked it, because like you said to me, yeah. um, if I didn't like the mayor of Kingstown, you're like, I don't know you. Right. And uh, this movie to me was so great. Like, right. if he doesn't love this for what it is. Right. I don't know him. Yeah, dude, it has all that. And again, what's so great is 
yes, if, if for straight man food, the Salisbury steak is the mafia shit. The actual mafia parts of this. But then the great storytelling about how this movie got made. It, the combination of the two, fucking up, beautiful. Beautiful. And I'm telling you, if, if, if nothing else, it's worth the watch for Pacino. To do it. I've never seen a guy do a young Pacino, and I mean, he nailed it. Nailed it! And, and the, the scene that you're going to see that, that everybody has a problem with, and it, it is funny, and I didn't realize, and this is what's also kind of interesting when you get to see this behind the scenes, kind of, that was the first scene shot, was the, the scene that's kind of more in the middle of the movie. Right. Where he's walking with his, the packages. Right. And that changes how you look at The Godfather now. Right, because right. it gives you an idea. It just gives you this window. Man, if you, please, if you, lo- if you like to, if you have any interest in these gangster films and if you like The Godfather, check this shit out. It's good, man. Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna we're off. Well, Aries is off this week while you're listening to this. This is gonna be on the 15th of June. Uh, Aries is off. I will be at the. Uh, I'll be in Phoenix, and I'm gonna be at uh, CB Live up in North Phoenix. I'll be there the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Please come check me out if you are in the t- in Phoenix area and would like to come see what I'm up to. That'd be awesome. Then uh, June 24th to the 26th, we're back in Tacoma Comedy Club we're in Washington, so we're excited about that one. And then we're going to be making an appearance June 30th through July 2nd, I believe, is the Jacksonville Comedy Zone, obviously in Jacksonville, Florida. And then, uh, yep, that is the second. We'll be reappearing uh, July 7th through the 10th at the Irvine Improv. And then Aries will be at the Kansas City uh, Improv July 15th and 16th, where I'll be staying back to get my weekend off. Uh, do you have do you have someone coming out with? For you? Yeah, Kansas City, Gerard Guillory uh, will be in place of Andy for that date. So there you go. Yeah. Um, right now is Brittany Dunn, Smiley B song. It's called Old School. Artist name Smiley B, song old school, Instagram at S M I L E Y B one, Twitter at All Smiles, A L L S M I L E Z 105, and Facebook at Smiley, S M I L E Y B 609. Did you see that shit I sent you about Joe Biden, the fuck out of here? Mm-mm. You didn't see that? No, when did you send it to me? Oh, it's a funny clip somebody sent to me on Instagram. And this is a real clip. I'm like, how can this be real? Where Joe Biden, I guess, is hugging people and he's whispering in their ear and then he's kind of throwing them to the wind. Like, fuck out. And somebody dubbed it, fuck out of here. Oh, no, you sent that. To, I did see you said that. I thought it was a joke. I mean, it is, but is that really him? That's that's him? Or I is that I can't, altered? I can't believe that's him. It could be. Right. But I don't believe it. All right. Anyway, uh, there it is. All right, guys. Yep. Thanks, man. Fuck you out of here.
forever We can bring it back, but better Before the new generation of era For the terror, since the TV keyboard fingers Play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it cool That's the old school rule Play it cool, that's the old school Rep, 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 rep this life to the fullest Play it, play it, play it cool, that's the old school rule Rep, 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 rep this, this life to the fullest Play, 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 play it cool, that's the old school rule Rep, 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 rep this life to the fullest Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Ari Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. But just cause you say it with conviction, it don't mean shit to me! Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself, convict!